Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. I was working hard at a New York job, making dough, but it made me blue. One day I was crying a lot, and so I decided to move to West Covina, California. Brand new pals and new career. It happens to be where Josh lives, but that's not why I'm here. She's the crazy ex-girlfriend. What? No, I'm not. She's the crazy ex-girlfriend. That's a sexist term. She's the crazy ex-girlfriend. Can you guys stop singing for just a second? She's so broken inside. The situation's a lot more nuanced than that. C-R-A-Z-Y. Okay, we get it. Crazy ex-girlfriend. Good evening, and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein, and with me, as always, is the kooky Karen Randazzo. That Harper Lee analogy was actually very well thought out and trenchant. And the nutty Chris Randazzo. I take advice from butter commercials. <laughs> we here on this week's episode talk television. Um, this week, Karen chose... I. <laughs> Chose Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Season 1, Episode 4. Um, the title of the episode is, I'm Going on a Date with Josh's Friend. <laughs> I'm assuming you're going to explain to us why you picked this episode? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> sure. Uh, this is a great show. Um, it's basically a musical comedy Uh Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I just, you know, I'd heard great things. This it came out last year. Um, I'd heard great things about the show, and then never, uh, you know, things that made me think it would be right up my alley. And then I never checked it out for various reasons until I ran out of stuff this summer and <laughs> blew through this in about, you know, five minutes, <laughs> relatively speaking. <laughs> It, it, odd, oddly, and I will agree with you, there are 18 episodes in the season. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just uh, 45 minutes an episode. I was surprised at how fast I flew through this show. <laughs> like, logically, it should have taken me just about a full day. It, I, it, like, 24-hour period with breaks, you know, to go to the bathroom and whatnot. It blew by, like, mm-hmm. way faster than that. Um, I... I feel like I could have chosen any of the episodes in this season. They're all great. Um, there's a couple reasons I picked this one. Uh, one of which is is that it's heavy on character that I like, um, Greg. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, the songs are good. Um, and I feel like it uh, gives you a good idea of uh, what's going on in the show without you getting too far into it so that if you are... You know, if you want to try it out, this is a good one to to check out, um, and you won't be too lost. No, okay, yes, okay, I'll agree with that. Um, so just to set up the show a little bit, uh, the show is about a character named Rebecca. She dated a guy named Josh in uh, a high school summer camp. Uh, they dated for the whole summer and then at the end of the summer they broke up he he broke up with her because she was too dramatic (laughs) and weird (laughs) Uh, she spent the next 10 years um, listening to everything her mother told her to do going to Harvard and becoming a lawyer and she you know became a really super high powered rich New York lawyer 
uh, but it wasn't making her happy. So one day uh, she was about to be offered a promotion at her job to be a partner in the firm and she was having a nervous breakdown. And in the middle of all this, she ran into Josh on the street after having not seen him for a decade. And he talked about how happy he was in his hometown in uh, Southern California. And so she took having seen him as a sign, uh, quit her job and decided to move to the same town and try and get back together with this guy. Only after having done so did she learn that he has a girlfriend. (laughs) Uh, And so she, but she, you know, decided since she wasn't happy in New York anyway, she would stay there and try and, you know, make a new life for herself there and do something I think um, most of us have done at one point in our life or another, which is convince themselves to be friends with someone that they actually have feelings for. No idea Um, what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, so, completely so, yeah. foreign concept to me. <laughs> Anywho, um, so this uh, this episode, Rebecca's been there for uh, been in Josh's hometown for a little while, um, and has gotten the sort of the typical setups out of the way. You know, meeting the the new guys, the guys girlfriend and trying to be cool with her and uh she's 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 hopelessly awkward and weird and does like goes out of her way to do anything to just be around this guy whether uh without like getting any anything out of it just being here josh that that's her reward that's enough um so as you start this episode, she is hanging at her skate park because she uh, knows that he goes there sometimes. <laughs> and uh, after a string of um, kind of <laughs> unhappy incidents where he doesn't show up there. And then while she's there, she gets a phone call from her mother who basically uh, insults all her life choices and tells her about this other girl who has made all the right choices in her life and so she basically has the life that Rebecca could have had um, if whilst, she wasn't whilst getting a pap schmear yes on video the mother phone. calls <laughs> calls from her gynecologist's office uh, and the mother is played by Tova Feldsha who is just a fantastic uh, character actress oh so to cheer herself up from all of this her neighbor who she's sort of friends with decides she should go on a tinder date and she goes meets this guy at a bar and like doesn't even know his last name and she all damn near sleeps with him before she like gets cold feet and calls the whole thing off so she's at a pretty low point um when uh in the middle in the middle of the date the date hookup whatever uh she excuses herself from the guy and she happens past her tv just playing a butter commercial <laughs> That the tagline for is like, uh, are you, are you, uh, something, are you disgusted with your unhealthy butter choices? <laughs> something like that. And that the theme of the commercial is making healthier choices. So she like gets caught by this and is like, yes, I need to make healthier choices and kicks the guy out of her apartment. Uh, and decides to do something another thing that i think uh, many of us have done in our lives which is like just completely overhaul their entire life <laughs> you just get caught by an idea sometimes and you're like yes i could do this and i'm just gonna you know i'm gonna change 
every single thing about my life to follow this one idea. <laughs> there are 47 things I need to change, and I'm going to change them all right now. It's all, it's like, um, you know, New Year's, you know, it, <laughs> New Year's comes around and everyone's like, yes, I'm going to drink more water and I'm going to work out five times a week and I'm going to eat nothing but vegetables. And it's like, you know, January 14th, everyone's like, and I'm going to order a pizza and I'm going to get five kinds of meat on it. <laughs> and then I'm going to wash it down with Krispy Kreme. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Krispy Kreme, <laughs> yeah. Paul, you have yet to mention Paula. She is my favorite in this show. She's the best. Um, she unfortunately is not heavily in this episode, which is a shame. We, we are like she. She's at the the skate park with her, and, and and you get their relationship. But then later on, when she finally like she she gets to the office with her lifestyle changes. It, they're they're mm-hmm. bantering back and forth. Paula is like either buttering or cream cheesing a bagel, and she's working <laughs> at it, answering quite mm-hmm, uh huh mm-hmm, uh huh. Butters the other side, mm-hmm, uh huh. Mm-hmm. Puts it together, and then someone brings over a box of donuts, and she literally looks at the box of donuts, looks at the bagel, <laughs> and throws the bagel away, and decides to chow down <laughs> on the g- biggest freaking donut I have ever seen, which is a s'mores donut. <laughs> Eat the donut. <laughs> yes, because what what could be make what could make what could we do to make a donut better? I know. Let's make it s'mores flavored. <laughs> I, I, I yeah. see no problems with that whatsoever. Paula is a great character. She's a she's Rebecca's coworker and eventual best friend. Um, but unfortunately, she's not in this very much. Um, so Rebecca, in the course of making her more healthy choices, she's checked out Kabbalah and veganism and Buddhism and all this crap. Um, (laughs) over one night. Yes. She did a lot of research. She's, uh, she's met up with, uh, she's met some of the people in Josh's life who have now become the people in her life. And one of them is, is Josh's friend, Greg, uh, who sort of likes her but she's been kind of terrible to him look as an example in the first episode where she uh comes to this this town she uh stalks josh to uh this sports bar where greg works by his um like social media check-ins and uh finds out that Greg knows Josh and and he's like oh yeah we're gonna go to this party later you should come I'll I'll take you and you can tell that Greg likes Rebecca and she has she's either completely clueless or doesn't care um so she ends up going like kind of on a date to this party with Greg and like making out with him but with one eye constantly searching the room is Josh gonna come in So that's 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 a good example of how Rebecca has to this point treated Greg. But for some reason, he's still attracted to her (laughs) anyway. uh, So he asks her out on a real date and she agrees to go. They go to a taco festival. They appear to have a great time. Uh, He's a real gentleman to her. They, you know, laugh and get along and are really like adult with each other. Um. But she starts to realize that all these change. She she feels like she's not uh, being herself with Greg, um, and she ends up ditching him at the taco festival and going home with another guy she met there, uh, and sleeping with him. Who then 
she gets caught because Greg comes to her house and sees the guy leaving. <laughs> Which one thing I liked about that plot is that he, you know, on a on a lesser show, I feel like we would have seen like Greg in his car sitting outside her house and him seeing the guy leave her apartment mm-hmm. and him being a sad puppy about it and you know, it getting stretched out for like four or five episodes until he finally blows up on her like, oh, I saw that guy leaving your apartment. But that doesn't happen. He just storms into her apartment and calls her on her shit. Because quite, the show quite, is... Yes, yeah, it doesn't waste... <laughs> I mean, there might have been a beat. <laughs> right. But it doesn't. the show doesn't waste time on dumb, like, plot developments and dragging things out. Um, so... Uh, Rebecca decides to uh, abandon her healthy choices because they weren't really working out for her. And now the result of this is that Greg is like not interested in Rebecca anymore because she's been that that's the last straw of her being terrible to him. Uh, So she goes back to the office and she's back to eating donuts with Paula. Uh, But she does ignore a call from her mother. So you can tell that she's, you know, maybe making smaller steps towards Making better choices. Um, there's a couple other smaller plots in this episode. Uh, the part that involves Josh, the object of the entire plot. The, 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 I didn't realize every episode title is about Josh. Has something to do with Josh, yes. Because that's her like perspective is that uh, you know everything in her world revolves around Josh. So in this episode, Josh needs to get a job and he wants to work at this electronic store. Um, and he, so she decides to help him with his application because there's an essay portion, <laughs> which she writes for him in about 30 seconds. <laughs> and then he turns it in without looking. And when uh, when the, he gets interviewed, the guy's like, I think you're too smart for this store because you're your application has things about Kafka and Harper Lee and it's it's like this is just a really chill store and it's a low pressure job so maybe you should go somewhere else (laughs) I'm looking at the quotes from this episode and the the line is I have an IQ of uh, 164 on the entire SAT I got two questions wrong and in subsequent years those questions were stricken for being misleading (laughs) this is the type of woman she is (laughs) Yes, and that uh, that joke makes me laugh as a person who has written test questions <laughs> and has to uh, has to uh, work hard to make sure that they are not misleading. Um, so that you know that that doesn't this plot doesn't really have you know I mean it's cute and it's funny it doesn't have a lot to do with the the larger story as a whole. Uh, when Rebecca finds out that Josh doesn't get the job, she like literally drags him into the store like a sullen teenager by the hand and yells at the manager until the guy <laughs> hires him. Josh is sitting in the background going, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and the third component is Heather, the, the neighbor uh, slash friend. Um, when we meet her at the beginning of the episode, she is presenting research on Rebecca because she's a psychology student. <laughs> And she's decided to write a paper about her crazy neighbor. Uh, And so she basically spends the whole episode studying Rebecca, taking notes and uh, making observations about her bad choices. And then at the end of it, she finds herself getting too close to the subject and decides she, she doesn't want to write a paper about this person. She just wants to be your friend. And so this is kind of the start of that friendship. 
Oh. What was the word she used to describe her again? Bonker balls. Bonker balls, that's it, yeah. <laughs> Which is not in the DSM-5, surprisingly, to her. <laughs> uh, yeah, Heather's a great... She is. She's bonker balls. <laughs> she is bonker balls. Um, I, well, except the show isn't called Bonker Balls Ex-Girlfriend. Um, Heather's Heather's an interesting cat. She uh, She's like a millennial... Uh, and very sarcastic and like disaffected, doesn't care about anything, but she kind of does care. She's Aubrey Plaza's character from Parks and Rec. Yeah, but like more. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, overall, like the whole show, one of the things I love the most about it is the characters. Um, there's Heather. I really love Greg. I, I, if I know Chris has only seen this one episode and maybe mm. bits and pieces of other ones, if you've seen the whole thing, but in this love triangle that ends up forming between Greg, Rebecca, and Josh, it's like no contest that <laughs> I would pick Greg over Josh a hundred times in a row. Um, Greg flip flops back and forth from being like sweet and gentlemanly or a sarcastic douchebag. Kind of, yeah. Like there's no, there was no middle ground with him. <laughs> Um, there is, uh, that, that, and that, uh, might seem kind of, uh, inconsistent for a character, but if you, they, they started to deal with that, this, this show aired last season, the first season aired last season, and so there's been two or three episodes of the second season Mm -hmm. where they actually deal with what's going on with Greg and why he's so kind of, you know, and it makes sense. Okay. So that's really what I love about the characters in this show is that they're all like very realistic and uh, flawed and honest and uh, about just honest about the way people behave, the way they lie to themselves sometimes, the way they treat other people. It's not afraid to show unlikable sides of characters that we're supposed to like. Mm-hmm. And uh, something that Chris pointed out, he asked uh, what else Rachel Bloom, who's the, the lead actress in the show, has done and whether she was a stand-up comedian or something. Um, and eventually came around to the point that she doesn't look like many people that you see on TV. Oh, no. And if you look at the show as a whole, there really aren't any characters on this show that look like... You know, they're not pretty, like, traditionally pretty people. They're not all white people. They're, you know, it's very mixed, diverse, and realistic. Even past that, the most, all right, we'll say classically attractive woman in the show is is a a horrible, horrible human being. (laughs) Yes. uh, Josh's girlfriend, Valencia, is terrible. She is horrible. But, yeah. And, like. What? And Josh, who is like the, you know, supposed to be the the attractive ideal, is a not a white guy, nope. which is another thing you don't get to see too often, which I love. He's Filipino, right? I think that's what they, yeah. they say in yeah. the show. Yeah. They make a, a there's like a, a, a through line how um, mixed children are the most attractive. Yes, mixed race children. <laughs> mixed race children are the most attractive. There was one episode where they were like, "I don't know, the Jewish and that," and they were just looking at a computer screen of all 
like they did a google image search of mixed race children (laughs) that that's sort of their shorthand for like something sad you know (laughs) sad single women do when they're pursuing somebody (laughs) so we just google images of uh of mixed race children to see what our kids would look like (laughs) the other thing i love about this show is the music um they're they hint at it in the very beginning that Rebecca is tr- too dramatic. And the way that ends up exhibiting itself in the show is that she has these like departures that are music, straight up musical numbers. Like the story just painfully breaks. long musical numbers. Like they're well, all painfully depending on who you are. They are very, very funny, but it's like, you know, that family guy joke where he's holding onto his shin going, ah, ooh, just like, you know, four beats too long. Like some of these are like, wow, okay, all right, yes, okay. You're grabbing your boobs. Why are you grabbing your boobs? There was no shit a three minute song about her heavy breasts in one of these episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> heavy boobs, great song. Uh, yeah, I think it depends on who you are and how much you like musical numbers <laughs> obviously i'm a musical theater fan so i'm all about it but i will admit not all the songs are winners the uti one was my favorite that's right oh my god there was a uti was... musical number. <laughs> <laughs> yes sung by a man by a male yes proudly <laughs> proudly sung by a male uh, i guess that's kind of the risk you run when you're doing a musical tv show is where you have to keep consistently coming up with new songs mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a lot well like gallivant uh, gallivant ran into that uh, that that problem too and and i'd, I'd say I, I enjoyed the majority of the music on gallivant but you know every now and then there there'd just be a miss you know oh i felt that gallivant's musical numbers were shorter that is true they were which um, was probably would, much easier that. in comparison to what i mean these these whoever's writing these episodes they're they're long numbers they're you know fully fled like what was this one um settled for me settled yeah settled me. for me yeah, like well, wasn't this show's an hour though isn't it isn't yeah. this, uh-huh. a, this yeah. an hour show yeah. galavan was a half hour show okay so i mean Makes sense. naturally they're they're you know their songs would have to be shorter but you're right it, it does kind of work it's a bit more concise that way yeah they um they're always uh different genres too and these song parodies are elaborate it's not just like it's not just you know a simple song parody there's a whole like music video component to it there's costumes there's (laughs) dancing there's lots of costumes lots and lots of costumes (laughs) the the two that are um the two numbers that are in this episode are don't be a murderer. I think the first one's called. Yeah, I think it's. I think the actual name of the song is "Hey, Sexy Stranger." Okay. Which it, which is like a Katy Perry style pop song about her going uh, going home with this Tinder guy and like, She's I'm gonna have sex with you. Please don't murder me. <laughs> and it and it's you know the it's it's funny on one level because of the lyrics, um, and you know the the straightforward jokes that they're telling but Mm -hmm. then it's it's funny on another level of the like the style of music that they're sort of mocking Mm -hmm. where she's like wearing a full uh body suit a nude colored body suit with like shadow of stripes projected on her and she's like rolling around (laughs) in a way that in a if it were a music video it would be like a sexy thing but like 
nobody in real life <laughs> looks like the people in music videos so she just looks ridiculous so she's like writhing around and trying to do all these dance moves well, and what's awesome is she has absolutely no shame whatsoever like she's oh, yeah. proud of who she is and and how she looks and I, I at least would hope so because she is always putting it on front street yes <laughs> Uh, and the other number in this episode is called Settle For Me, which is what Greg sings when he's trying to ask out Rebecca. The uh, concept of the number being that he knows that she is more interested in going out with Josh, but Josh has a girlfriend, so why not settle for me? And it is a, um, like a, a straight up like homage to like a Fred, Fred, and, um, Fred and Ginger. Yes. Yeah. Like the uh, tap dance, black and white, Ball tuxedo gowns. and gown, ta- uh, you know, um, like movie musicals of the early, early cinematic era. And it's just hysterical. Do they and actually like, sing? Like, I don't, I don't mean like during recording. Is I, I it their voices? I think they do. I think they do. I know at least the woman who plays Paula is like a... Oh, um, yeah. If not a Broadway veteran, she she's got some sort of musical chops. But yeah, I think I think the peop all the people in the show are actually doing their own singing. Because they're very good. Yeah. I just I just looked at the mother's real name, Tova Feldshush. Tova Feldsha. Holy, yeah. that's a hell of a Jewish name right there. <laughs> and yes, she play I- like she plays stereotypical Jewish mother very well in the show. <laughs> Yeah, it's nice to see her do comedy. She, if if you know her at all, you probably know her from like, um, she played Diane Melnick on Diane uh, Law and Order. Law and Order. Yeah, uh-huh. I was just gonna say that. Uh, <laughs> that's how I knew her. And more recently, she was on Walking Dead. But again, yes, that's true. Not really in a comedic role. No, <laughs> not a lot of those in Walking Dead. No. <laughs> hmm. I know. I've also like seen her. Literally seen her name on marquees for Broadway shows when I walked through New York City when I worked there. Mm-hmm. So serious chops on that lady. So it's nice to see her just like do this funny comedic guest role. So what did you get? Like, I I think I bring a lot of, of shows shows to this show. That's weird to say. Uh, <laughs> that makes sense. Like this week's episode of this week's episode, you fit uh, right in. You guys. Um, I think I bring a lot of like shows with a female perspective to this show. So I'm curious to, and, and they don't always appeal to you guys. So I'm curious as, as guys, how did you like the show? Well, clearly Evan hated it. <laughs> Shut up your face. <laughs> I, you know what? I tried watching this sh- for some reason. I like saw it on like Netflix or something. And I started watching the first episode and then the musical number hit. And I was like, mm. I'm not feeling this right now, and that was it. Like I, I stopped watching it up. I, for I, I'm gonna guess it came out last year on on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I think it was probably at the beginning of the summer. I would think. I feel that me starting again watching in episode four, like I was saying mm-hmm. to you before we started recording, I, I started what the first episode I watched was episode four, and then finished the rest of the season. And now I wrapped back around to catch one, two, and three. Like it, it was engro- you know, engaging and, and a lot of fun. Chris, I I 
really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> it was I, I I was this is another one of those shows that much like Jane the Virgin kind of caught me off guard on just how ridiculous it is. <laughs> like I'd I'd be sitting here working on the computer or something one day and I'd come over for lunch or whatever and and Karen's watching the show and I just turn around and be like, "What the <laughs> hell?" <laughs> and it's really like, "All right, so we're watching this episode and this was by far my favorite thing that happened in the entire episode. It was a complete background throwaway joke. It was subtle as hell. They're, they're on the date and, uh, they, her and, um, nice looking guy on a date and he, he's, he's got an umbrella and he's like, yeah, it always rains on dates with me at some point or other. And it was just a complete throwaway line. And then I think it wasn't even the next scene. It was like a scene or so later, they're just walking and it's raining, and nobody says anything about it. They're just walking under the umbrella, and then the next scene, it's not raining anymore. <laughs> it's like, yeah. That's so great. <laughs> that really, really made me laugh. And uh, yeah, it's it's smart. The show is really, really smart. The main character is crazy, <laughs> as crazy can be. Uh, and like Karen said, I, I I mentioned after the episode was done that usually you'll see. Um, somebody without you know, traditional supermodel-esque looks heading their own TV show if they're the name. Like, that's why I wondered if she was a stand-up comedian with a uh, with a name, like if the show was a vehicle for mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. But it's just, you know, no, she's just the person that they thought was right for the part, and they could not have been more right. Uh, she's great. <laughs> Everybody I, in the I, show is very well casted. But yeah, I was a little. I, I actually thought the show took place in Hawaii for a little while there because of the Aloha, the Aloha store. Tech Center. Because <laughs> <laughs> like we work at the FAA Tech Center in real life, okay? <laughs> so we work at a tech center. So I thought that there was a Hawaiian Tech Center that they worked at, and it was just like a Best Buy. <laughs> it did not occur to me that that connection to the actual tech center. <laughs> so yeah, I was I was I was a slight slight bit confused, but uh. No, I, I was I really like the show. I mean, it's it's not enough to make me binge all of it with all of the other shows we have to watch. I mean, had I infinite time, I would love to watch the rest of this show. I mean, I it's kind of a toss up for me whether or not I like this or Jane the Virgin more uh, of the two shows that Karen's been watching a lot lately. Um, I, I never thought I would live in a world where the majority of my favorite current TV series are running on the CW, uh, but here we are. And um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't imagine I'm going to get to either of those shows, like as far as actually catching up on them. But I'm happy that they're on. I heard that this show, in particular, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, has been getting demolished in the ratings, which makes me kind of sad. Uh, mm-hmm. so I, I hope the CW just continues to stick with it for at least a little while. I mean, not that every show needs to run for 35 seasons or whatever, but you know, I feel like if it ran for two seasons and then got cut short would be sad. But if it wound up, you know, getting a final season in a season three and writing its own ending, like that's a happy ending mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, it but sense. it's a really good show and I hope more people watch it cause, um, it's, it's, it's worth it. It's a good show. One thing I need. Yeah, to, I could go ahead. Well, the what the one thing I wanted to comment on is is the theme song. Mm-hmm. It's very musical theater esque, but what I like ab- about it is the actual episode ref brings it in every time. Like 
I think in this episode they are that the, it's a single cam on her neighbor, and she's her name Heather, and she's talking at her in her class, and then she's like, mm-hmm. "How did she come to here?" And like looks off to the you know away, and that's because the the theme song tells her story, tells how why she is where she is. They work that into every single episode. <laughs> yeah, um, they did something in the new season, which I don't necessarily agree with. They wrote a new theme song Aww. for season two. Yeah. Um, I was going to tell you to clip the season one theme song and put it at the beginning of the show oh, yeah. this week. Yes. <laughs> um, but I do love the theme song. And if if I didn't, you know, if I was being limited on time, I'd just play the theme song for you to set up in like, 30 seconds to a minute what the show is about it, it, it yes <laughs> because it really and and the dialogue or the whatever is happening in the opening scene always leads into the uh into the theme song like somebody will ask a question which is answered by the, the theme, theme song. song yep there's a great bit later in the season where uh donna no not donna paula. that's the name of the actress paula <laughs> And her husband are having a conversation about Rebecca, where the conversation is just the lines from the theme song. Yep. She's a crazy ex-girlfriend. <laughs> oh, I don't think that's fair. <laughs> that's a sexist term. <laughs> she's a crazy ex-girlfriend. Um, and yes, and my favorite line in the theme song is, she's so broken inside. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but the thing about... Uh, the thing about the the name of the show in general is that the there's a sort of subtle element to the show, which is that it is like like it's honest about everything else. It's honest about like mental health issues. Like she's not, you know, she's not crazy, but she is depressed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there there are parts of it where she's, you know, either taking medication or going to therapy or, like, acknowledging ways that her behavior is unhealthy and trying to, like, learn coping skills. So that's, like, an element to, uh, to a lot of things that, you know, you might see similar plots on this show that you've seen on other shows before, but there's an aspect to it that is this is, that is new in this show for me, which is kind of explaining where the character's head is at and how they're motivated by whatever you know mental health issues that they have which i feel like you know that mental health issues are a lot more um prevalent in a lot more people than i feel like is commonly talked about Mm -hmm. and so this show kind of takes away the stigma of that and it's like oh you know how people sometimes act weird in this situation or that situation it's kind of this is what's going on behind the scenes, and maybe if we talk about it a little bit more, like people won't feel so bad. Yeah, so there was that's a, another reason I like this show. There was an entire episode with with Doctor Phil. Just like oh, Doctor Phil. I, just tell like really like as you know, you're sitting at home watching this show, going, "Why are you doing? You shouldn't be doing that." And he's on the screen going, "Why are you doing that? You shouldn't be doing that." It was just nice to have a voice in an episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes, Karen. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it immensely. I will. You're welcome. I, I will. Uh... You're welcome. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. I'll but if fa- you go I'll... on the CW app, there's a couple of new episodes. Yeah. Well, I gotta watch the first three first. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um. Let's take a quick break. Uh. When we get back, we're gonna talk some news. Stay tuned. 
Well, October is over, and with it, Geek Age 31 Days of Halloween. But did you know that you could still catch up on all the great stuff we posted? That's right! The internet doesn't simply erase things after they're posted, and thanks to that marvel of modern technology, we still have our 31 Days of Halloween tab up and ready to be poked on our website. We've got podcasts, articles, videos, and a guy reading a really bad book. Don't miss it. This week on Apathetic Enthusiasm, Brandon and Travis take the Myers-Briggs test to see what personality types they are. Surprisingly enough, they both came up with podcast host, so they're right on track. Find out if I'm lying on Apathetic Enthusiasm, episode 91, Multiple Personalities. The Paper Cuts podcast is Geek Aid's comic book podcast. New episodes come out every Monday, and this week was no exception. Chris hasn't listened to the episode, so he wasn't sure what to write about it. There may or may not have been an unnerving and unsettling serenity, depending on whether or not that's a typo in the show notes. But there's definitely some talk about Venom Space Knight, so that's gotta be a win, right? Do the universe a favor and listen to Paper Cuts issue 107, Card Tricks and Battle Axes. Okay, so apparently you didn't get it. The fact that I put it in there twice using different words was supposed to be unnerving. Jonathan Fuger gets us all into the patriotic spirit, just in time for the presidential election, by welcoming Nuke to the D-list. The man has an American flag tattooed on his face, so clearly he believes in freedom. Learn all about this Marvel's more patriotic than Captain America character in Welcome to the D-list, Nuke. You can catch all this great stuff plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now on geekade.com. And we're back. Thank you so much for checking out our commercials. Um, so now it's time to talk some news. All right. Apparently we're getting Sherlock again for season four. Yes. Yay. Yes. Um, season five coming 2035. <laughs> <laughs> if it comes. Um, yeah, it's U.S. and the U.K. simultaneously. Uh, day and date. I love when they do same day and date. January 1st, 2017, which is great. Not that much longer to wait. Because, uh, look, 2016 was awful. <laughs> I mean, there were some good things that happened in it, but I think we can all agree that this is one of the worst years in recorded history. Mm-hmm. So uh, starting off 2017 with a brand new episode of Sherlock, I'm game. Yep, yep. The Six Thatchers is the, the first episode. So, yeah. That's that's good news. Good news on the television front. I'm not sure how I feel about our next article, though, whether it's good news or not, because apparently the Muppet Babies are coming back as a CG animated series. I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Because I remember the honestly, when I saw the picture, I thought they were puppets until you mentioned that it was CG. And I, like, and I read it and said it was CG. I was like, oh crap! I guess those are CG. That's pretty impressive. Well, okay, they could be CG. I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily well, represent- that's what the headline says. Right, yeah. but I don't know if that image is a, a representation of what the show is going to be. They look True. very puppet-like. So Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're CG. The closer I look at them, they're, they look like CG. Enhanced. It's just got some really impressive fur effects going on them. Yes. So apparently- but like, you know, Miss Piggy's hair, that's definitely not puppet hair. Okay. Like it's- All right, I see what you're saying. Fozzie, man, that, they really do have some pretty amazing fur effects. Um, so apparently it's going to be more of the same, just updated. Um, like the 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 show itself was actually pretty good. 
Um, it was a standard, you know, little whatever is happening with them, real, you know, for about half the episode, and then some sort of, you know, through line. Um, this this episode, this article that I was reading, um, highlights the Star Wars episode. Do you remember that one? <laughs> I actually don't. I wasn't. I was never really into Muppet Babies. Oh, so much fun! But uh, I remember. I I like that this is this is a Disney Junior thing. It is not attempting to be anything other than a little kids show, and I think that's that's exactly the approach to take. Right. Yeah. And I think by the time it airs in 2018, our kids will be old enough to watch it. Yeah. And you know what else is great? Just based on this image alone, they didn't try to edge them up. They didn't try to make them edgier or anything, and I really appreciate that. Mm Mm-hmm. Like it's just the classic character designs have added, <laughs> no backwards caps or whatnot. Um, yeah, I mean, like I've seen a few few images of the new Ducktales that they've been working on, some of the concept art, mm-hmm. and I do think it looks great. But obviously, they've edged up the kids a little bit, which you know to an extent makes sense because Huey, Dewey, and Louie as children wearing those outfits doesn't really make sense anymore. Mm-hmm. But still. There's no denying the fact that they are a tad bit edgier, and that seems to be the direction a lot of children's programming moves in is being a bit edgier. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with these the original Muppet character designs, and including the Muppet Babies. So go for it. There you go. Um, Next up, this I thought the Star Trek show started already. I guess not. New. All right. Uh, apparently, the new CBS Star Trek show, uh, Discovery, is that what it's uh-huh. titled? Um, it, the, Brian Fuller was attached to it at the very beginning. He is still, he was di- uh, writing and directing, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but now he is just executive producing. Uh, so he is stepping away. They are citing, um, like, he's too busy. To, to it's Brian Emptier, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> I've never heard of this guy. <laughs> Apparently, he it was a big deal that he was I've attached heard to of him, but I don't know what the hell he's. That's it. IMDb, do it, Brian Fuller. <laughs> I I know he's one thing he's known for is pushing daisies. Which I is mean, like sort he's, of he's a got beloved a, cult thing. If I'm not, he also had something to do with Hannibal. Um, mm-hmm. But like wow, so a I, lot of stuff that I've not watched. But I don't understand why it's a big deal for him to be with Star Trek. And I mean, it refer this this the, this article says. Well, the big deal was is that he was a fan, sort of like JJ with Star Wars and and Star Trek. Okay, mm-hmm. there's a lot of fans of Star Trek. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Huh. Seems like people are. Yeah, there's a lot of fans of Star Trek, but not all of them are professional, uh, right? You know, but television uh, showrunners. I mean, he wrote for Deep Space Nine. And he wrote two episodes of Deep Space Nine and a couple episodes of uh, Star Trek Voyager. Okay. So, yay, yay! <laughs> I was a big Voyager fan, but uh, he is. He is. I mean, allegedly working on the Amazing Stories reboot, huh. which I loved that back in the day maybe we'll do that an episode of that one day but he's all right well you know this is one of those stories i put out there because i know other people Mm -hmm. are interested even though we don't know terrible (laughs) lot about it we feel duty bound to 
put this information out into the world for our listeners. That's kind of my thing with Star Trek. If there's a Star Trek TV show, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. Like I'm not really all that concerned with who's directing it. It's Star Trek. <laughs> all right, Karen, you 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 threw this up here, right? You posted this as I was actually reading the article, and then planning on putting it on our you know our, our Slack chat because. I see. Well, what you got to do is copy paste and then read the oh, article. Oh no, after. no, no! Because <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> because I didn't know if this was like real TV news. Because the first image is of okay, it's Negan, a younger version of Negan. That was the meme that was going around, but it's actually an image from Supernatural. Their father figure is you know in a baseball uniform. Like for a while there, there were when. The whole thing went down with Walking Dead. They, that was a meme running. So I read it first. <laughs> Apparently there was this adorable little Twitter banter back and forth between Jensen and Jeffrey D. Morgan and I think, what's his name? Um, uh, Michael Michael Cudlitz, Cudlitz got in on it, yeah. At the very end there, which I thought was hysterical. <laughs> they go, they're bouncing back and forth, showing pictures um, from the set of Supernatural. Apparently... Jensen Eccles has a baseball bat with some barbed wire on it, referencing Supernatural and cute, cute little stuff back and forth. And at the very end, Michael jumps in, you son of a bitch. It was your fault. You had to. That's cute. I like the fact that they seem like real people. (laughs) Yeah, the joke of it was that Jensen Eccles or Dean from Supernatural found Lucille, the baseball bat. (laughs) In uh, the car of John Winchester, who was played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan on Supernatural, who also plays Negan on The Walking Dead. So he was supposed to send the bat back to, quote unquote, dad. And that's why the Michael Cudlitz, who plays Abraham, who was one of Negan's victims, was like, oh, it's your fault I got killed because you sent him the bat. Yeah, they referenced the red scarf. And the leather jacket that may have been stashed underneath the spare tire. I mean, that's fun. So if you, if you're a fan of Supernatural and uh, and Walking Dead and or Walking Dead, I suppose you know, click that and check out their exchange. It's pretty cute. <laughs> it was adorable. All right, this next one uh, kind of bothered me. This next article about the Nielsen ratings. Um, apparently, if a station complains enough they'll just say okay those weren't true and then redo redoosies uh, i don't know that's not really how i read this one it was like um the nielsen ratings for espn were like unreasonably lower than than realistic and they were like uh guys we didn't lose this many viewers something's up and so they removed it and then it, it later in the article they said that uh this has happened before with the Nielsen ratings, where they've just had some sort of massive error in. They're just wildly in their, inaccurate. They're just completely and totally inaccurate. I mean, it, it was the. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna click on this and uh, look at the actual article again instead of the headline. It was. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, that, it, according to Nielsen, ESPN lost 621,000 homes. <laughs> And ESPN2 dropped by 607,000, and ESPNU was out in 674,000. Like, that's a lot. Uh, and and ESPN was like, they had to, 
I mean, they had to do damage control because they're like stockholders look at this stuff and they're like, oh my God, it's time to cut ship. People don't want to buy advertising on our networks anymore. And they're just like, guys, what did you do? Because we're doing, they, of course, networks do their own internal tracking. And they're all like, this does not add up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these these numbers do not match what is happening in, it seems to be happening in the real world. So, yeah. That's, well, this, uh, is the, I, 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 this is the second yeah. time that something like this has happened to ESPN. Mm-hmm. In, in this same year, like back in February, the, mm. the Nielsen rating said that it lost over seven, uh, no, excuse me, over 400,000 homes. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. Something's weird mm-hmm. about that. I, I assume it just has something to do with the way that uh, sporting events events are being tracked. There's got to be something wrong with somebody's algorithm mm-hmm. somewhere. Well, but... it's an antiquated system. It's still. Uh, yeah, completely and totally. <laughs> so uh, Yeah. What really the, the central issue here is that the Nielsen rating system needs to be like burned on a fire, <laughs> on a garbage fire. <laughs> I'm curious. I can't remember what I remember that there was a ridiculous number that each box equates to X amount of viewers. Like specific people have Nielsen boxes in their homes. And it used to be where they actually used to do pen and paper. And fill shit out mm. by hand, and then send that in. Um, but it's it would be the equivalent of, let's say, each box is equates to a thousand viewers. That's you know six hundred and twenty people said ah, I don't feel like watching ESPN tonight. So that turns into six hundred and twenty one thousand people said no. Maybe it was just that six hundred people. Maybe there was something else on that they wanted to watch. Antiquated yeah, system, who knows? unnecessary. Nelson ratings should go bye bye. Um, more uh, Netflix news about uh, <laughs> they 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 are just knocking it out of the park with their Marvel shit. Like they cannot do wrong. It's amazing how everything that they do is just correct. Um, mm-hmm. S. J. Clarkson is set to direct the Defenders, at least the first two episodes of the Defenders. Um, she. She was. She did some uh, Jessica Jones. She was part of Vinyl, and uh, Orange is the New Black. So, like, that's that's all good. I mean, it's it's they're finding quality talent to not only act in these shows, but to to helm them as well, writers, directors, so on and so forth. It they just it's. I'm waiting for them to fuck up in some way, shape, or form, and they haven't yet. Well, the news story here, uh, at least it was news to me, I, it, it just kind of glosses over it in the article, is I didn't realize Defenders was only going to be eight episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Because that was the headline that I clicked on was like, uh, directing, uh, and Defenders is only going to be eight episodes, blah, 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 and then it switched over to this article, and confirms that, yeah, it's only, it's an eight-episode limited series. I didn't realize that was the case. Maybe that's because they're all, well, at least some of the other, some of the cast needs to go do their full season of their other show. Mm-hmm. So I, it's just, I mean, obviously I'm concerned because now we have something that is incorporating several of the characters. We need to bring these worlds together mm-hmm. uh, so that, you know, eight episodes doesn't leave a ton of time for world building until you get to the conflict. But then again, there has already been a little bit of world building within. Netflix series themselves, so I don't know. We'll see. Like you said, they haven't done any wrong so far, but uh, I was I thought it was interesting that it was an only an eight episode season. Well, and we also have to keep in mind that the Netflix series are also uh, paced a little slower 
than normal, which is mm-hmm. which is great. They can speed it up a bit and still get the same quality of television that they've been putting out. Uh, I did hear some people criticizing Luke Cage, not that it wasn't good, but that it could have been shorter, uh, mm-hmm. especially in the back half of the season. And there, to to not that I completely agree with that criticism, but there were things that once I heard that I was like, you know, I kind of felt that way. Like the episode where they went to um, his dad's church uh-huh. and he had all those flashbacks. It was like they could have done that a lot faster than that. Did they really need to go like drive all the way to South Carolina or where the hell that church mm-hmm. was and spend a whole episode on that? I don't think so. Yeah. So I think that that maybe it might even benefit from being a little bit shorter. I also kind of felt like we did we we spent a little bit too much time on Diamondback to not have him be no not Diamondback uh, Cottonmouth. Cottonmouth yeah. We spent a lot of time on Cottonmouth to have him turn out to be kind of not very important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's very true. I anyway. we just have to wait and see. I mean, I'm I am on board. So ditto. <laughs> I don't. Okay, when when this next article popped up on my feed, I I the range of emotion that I had from joy to horror happened in about fifteen seconds. Apparently, Knight Rider is getting a reboot next year. Now, didn't they already do that? Wasn't there a Knight Rider reboot recently? Maybe within the past five years. It rings a very vague bell, but I like give zero fucks about Knight Rider. Sorry, sorry, not sorry. Um, so <laughs> I can't be an authority on that. I, I feel like there was. Um, 2008. Right? Oh, eight years ago. See, there was. So um, it's going to be directed by Justin Lin, who did Fast and the Furious, I guess. Uh, wait, wait. Yeah. Fast and the Furious 3 through 6. And Star Trek Beyond, which was which was quite great, good. yeah. Okay, so that's. I don't good know news. anything about Fast and Furious movies, but they're about they're... really fast driving cars. That's the the well, primary. Thank you. Thing. <laughs> and they drive and furiously. Neck. <laughs> <laughs> and that throbbing vein on Vin Diesel's forehead. Um, yes, that. <laughs> I, I I don't know what they're gonna do this time that they didn't do last time. They up- that doesn't look like it's a. Uh, Network TV this no, time. No, it's, it's online. I think the, yeah. It's a, well, they're shooting That's, for a digital format, is what they say, which, you know, they'll try, of course, for like the Netflix and the Hulu and whatnot, but I don't know. I don't know. Because the other one was on, uh, what the heck? I think it would feel like it was a CBS. I feel show like it was a CBS as well. And it, it did not look good at all. No, it I, smells I, like something CBS would do. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So. Well, that's news. Okay, I, I I I'll wait for the Hoff to show back up on screen because that would make it worth watching. If David, it ha- could it could definitely be fun, you know? Like it's it's a fun concept, and I feel like the what I feel like what the last reboot tried to do was take it too seriously. Right? Like, come on, guys, don't do that. It's a talking car, dude. Come on, let's let's <laughs> let's, let's let's make it campy. Let's make it cool, obviously, but, you know, keep the camp factor in check, and uh, good times. It started out with the Hoff. When it yeah. starts out with the Hoff, and you're going to reboot it, you can't get more serious. 
Can't get more serious than the Hoff. Um, Alton Brown, I liked him. I, I I I hadn't seen him on television except like cooking. I know he was doing um those those competition shows on the, on the yeah. Food Network. But Cutthroat Kitchen. Oh, Cutthroat Kitchen. Yeah, and he was involved in Iron Chef America as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Good Eats is like where oh. Good Eats is his bread and butter, and that show is amazing. It, it, it's a phenomenal show. You learn something as you're learning how to cook. Um, apparently, he's gonna have a internet show. Um, which will be a sequel to Good Eats. I, I this from reading this article, this seems like a, a great idea because he's not going to be restricted by certain things that the networks were, were tying. I didn't realize that you know a network would say, "Oh no, you can't cook rabbit." That seems weird mm. to me. Um, he is he is a, he is a great host. And like, like I, the 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 information he makes it he passes it off as like school, but that you enjoy because he it the good eats was all about science and stuff, as well as hey look we just made this amazing dish and this is why it's an amazing dish so on and so forth blah blah blah. Yeah, he's a really knowledgeable dude, and he presents all the information in a really interesting format. And I'm a, I cook, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know the way my brain works. Like when someone explains to me why food is good, mm-hmm. like what why the technique works, it really clicks in my brain. So this is like catnip for me. I'm like, <laughs> hey, Elton Brown. I'm, you know, surviving off tidbits from following him on Instagram and not being able to go to the, all these he's been on like a tour for the last two years doing live shows around oh that's cool that look amazing but i haven't been you know lucky enough to be able to go to any of the shows but so i'm glad he will now be on the internet available to all of us fantastic next up uh more hulu news when I first read this this article, I was like, "Isn't is this already a thing? Like, don't we have this already?" And then I read a little further, and it's apparently um, Hulu is going to be getting into a live internet television service, where similar to the PlayStation View theme um, or Sling or, or Sling Pluto the one Pluto TV that one I did not know. Um, the they got a couple of you know. Big names already signed up for it. Uh, Walt Disney Company, Fox, ESPN, ABC. Uh, they also like still don't have CBS and NBC. Uh, apparently, no, but it's likely that NBC is going to sign on with them because NBC is a big investor in Hulu, and right. NBC is available on Sling, which is a very similar service. But CBS is not. CBS has its own service because CBS is a bunch of dicks. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Um, and uh, and unfortunately, doesn't CBS also own CW? Partially. Yeah, yeah I guess that I know they're they're in they're somewhat related, but what's so interestingly different between the two is that the cw released an app that's completely free whereas cbs is just like oh you want to watch cbs shows sign up for our app and pay us your monies which uh, to which i say i don't like any of your programming 
at all. So, yeah, I feel uh, like that that difference has to do with the audience. That like people who are interested in CBS shows are of an older demographic, so they yeah. are more used to paying for things that they want to get. Whereas the CW shows appeal to a younger generation who expect to get everything for free. So like they're just like, yeah, oh, if you want us to watch your show, you're gonna have to not charge us. Did, uh, but I, I haven't seen the actual CBS app. Um, are there still commercials? I believe so. See, yes. like that's that doesn't make sense. Uh, they charge me for the they, service they and no think commercials. That you want to? That's that's right. <laughs> like that's that's silly. Um, Here, it, here's my question about live internet TV streaming TV. Mm-hmm. Is this where we're going? Like when we we started looking into Sling as a possible thing that we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna get ourselves into, and I was like, oh wow, this is really interesting that it you know it's via the internet, but it's live you know it's live broadcast TV, um, and I thought it was a unique thing, and now I'm finding out there's all these other services that are either exist or plan to start existing. You're like, is this what we're doing now? Are we gonna kill traditional cable with this? Well, what's interesting about Sling is that Sling is um, is from the people who do Dish Network, mm-hmm. and this is their attempt at like offering something that's a little bit closer to the a la carte solution that a lot of folks wanted. So uh, what Karen mentioned is that the two of us are considering uh, switching over to Sling uh, pretty heavily because it has uh, most of what we want uh, and, and a lot of you know, things that we don't we can't get now through our basic, 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 basic cable. Uh, which we pay for through Comcast. I believe the package is called Basic Bitch Cable. Yes, yes. Comes with a free pumpkin spice latte. Uh, nice. But which I already drank. <laughs> like, so for for example, like we're looking at, um, I'm looking at Sling right now and they've got these, uh, these, these different packages and I thought it was really interesting when I contacted their customer service about like certain add-ons are available through there's like the $25 blue or there's the $40 uh uh sorry not the the $25 orange the $40 blue right mm-hmm. and the $40 one uh, sorry $25 not wow <laughs> let me start over again <laughs> there's the the orange which is 25 plus channels at 20 bucks or there's the blue that's $25 for 40 plus channels but it's missing the abc stuff and I thought that I was contacting their customer service about it because I was wondering what the deal was with why it's $5 more to get almost twice the channels, but it seems to be just missing a few of these really specific ones like ABC, ESPN, and uh, Disney. And it's because the more expensive, uh, the, the, the blue one is for multi multiple screens, whereas the orange one, you're only allowed to register one device to watch it. Mm-hmm. And ABC has a contract. It's different contracts with all these different companies, depending on how many screens you're allowed to watch it on. Oh. Which is insanity. Um, but I, I do feel like this is the direction that a lot of this stuff is going. Uh, and if you want to try out just a completely free t- version of this, uh, Pluto.tv is something I discovered uh, last year, and it's you know internet streaming television, but it's not any major networks really. It's um, 
a lot of them are, are like, like shows. There's hundreds of different channels, and it just collects lots of legacy content and uh, is, is constantly streaming it. Like, for example, I discovered it because there's a Mystery Science Theater channel that plays oh. Mystery Science Theater back-to-back 24 hours a day. <laughs> so at any time, I can just catch, you know, in the middle of an episode of MS23K whenever I want uh, by just logging into Pluto, which is free. Uh, and it's it's pretty interesting. Is it legal? Um, yeah, it's 100% legal. Yeah, okay. they, they have the rights to all the things that they have. And they're uh, much like Sling, which I was talking to them about, uh, the whole thing with the the ABC is they're always trying to, to to change their contracts. This stuff is very new and it's moving around a lot. If you looked at Sling even six months ago, a lot of these channels weren't on any of their plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like they said with the thing with ABC, like right now, this is this is the deal with ABC right now. If this continues to grow, ABC will probably renegotiate the contract to get into the the blue grouping. Um, you know, then there's like the $40 you can do orange plus blue, but that's now we're looking at almost twice the price just to get all the channels, which is really only a few extra channels in addition to the, the orange one. It's, it's weird, but CBS is nowhere, nowhere to be found on this. Neither is CW, but now, like I said, CW has its own app, uh, which is available on all manner of different things. So actually pretty good app. It is. It's a very nice app. Uh, this is the, I found this whole service to be relentlessly fascinating. Um, it works with uh, there's there's dedicated Sling apps for you know Apple TV, mm-hmm. Roku, Amazon Fire TV, and Chromecast, even Xbox One, uh, and it's a seems like a really nice alternative to standard cable, and it's pretty inexpensive. Like we would probably be cutting out our Hulu subscription to help pay for this. Uh, and that uh, seems like it's pretty worth it. So mm-hmm. yeah, make, I don't know. Well, cord cutting is the way of the future. And everybody, I mean, services have to get on board with that because it, it just makes more sense. It's easier to track who's watching what. So that whole Nielsen stuff. Yeah. Can, this would pretty much negate the Nielsen ratings. Right. I, I did find it interesting. The whole, like, I didn't know Hulu was jumping on this train. I, I'm sure we, we must've spoken about it at some point. I just forgot, mm-hmm. but it, I, I found it interesting that that's cause like right now I'm looking at Hulu, like, well, what, what use do you, are you to, to us with uh, the, the content that you provide? Like we can get all of that off of the individual networks websites for free. Uh, within a couple of days of watching it, so why are we paying for Hulu? And as other, you know, you know, the Netflix keeps striking deals, and uh, their individual apps keep getting better. What's the point of Hulu? And now I see Hulu is jump trying to get into being an actual cable replacement, similar to Sling. So that is interesting to me. Yeah, they're quite correct. Since, so. Since Hulu, uh, you know, Comcast is a major contributor to Hulu, I will probably uh, lean towards Sling. <laughs> Why is that? Great. I'm just kidding. All right. And finally, last up, some, uh, I, I don't want to call it Parks and Rec news, but it's, all right, uh, Mike Schur, is that how we, how we say his name? And Matt Hubbard? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> who are, you know, part of Parks and Rec's creative team, um, are developing a new NBC move, or television show. This one seems to be in the vein of Parks and Rec, but takes place 
at a struggling amusement park. Uh, it's called Action Land. It takes place in an amusement park in Arizona. And it, it's more of the single cam comedy stuff in the, you know, 30 Rock and Parks and Rec and, and what's the other one? Like a workplace comedy. Yeah, workplace but comedy. So, but at an amusement park as the workplace. I guess that's good. I don't know. I'm not a fan. I, I, I hardly, I never, I guess I, I am in the minority, but I never really enjoyed Parks and Rec <gasps> or 30 Rock. <sighs> I guess we can't be friends anymore. I, 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 I just said I didn't enjoy it. I didn't say it wasn't, you know, I didn't say it was hot shit, but it just wasn't for me. Um, I don't like, I will say that, uh, um, 30 Rock, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I enjoyed it enough to watch it with Karen, but I never liked it, mm-hmm. a, a fragment of how much she enjoyed it. But um, I will say that Parks and Rec, I judged really harshly because when it first came out, I didn't care for it in the least because it was, it's like, this is literally an op- office ripoff. Mm-hmm. Like, this character is this character, this character is this character. And that's because it was. Um, but I wound up watching some later seasons with Karen and when the show actually got its own personality, it became extraordinary. So if you haven't watched any of the, anything past season one, I would definitely recommend giving it a shot, uh, again, like starting around whenever they get rid of that useless guy. What was that? Was that season one? Like there was that one dude that was like, not Mark. There's a character that's. Jim Halpert, but not Jim Halpert. Okay. And then they get rid of him, and nobody ever speaks of him again. <laughs> and then they replace him with Rob Lowe and um, Adam Scott, and like, yeah, okay. they're off to the races. And and then the show really starts finding its voice, and they they, they they make Ron Swanson a really great character. Uh, Andy, I would definitely recommend Andy Dwyer. Yeah, it's oh really interesting God. seeing that because I remember all these characters I thought were awful when I first watched this show. And then once they figured out what to do with everybody, this show really, really found its voice. So I would I would request that you course correct on that one. And, and you know, we'll just we'll just make that an episode we watch sometime <laughs> in the future. We have our own show. We can do that. <laughs> we have the control. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's it, I, I mean, I didn't see a date in this uh but it's like i guess it's 2017 18 television season somewhere around there mm-hmm. so i mean yet again another show with some good pedigree in it but we'll see what happens outside of that i don't got anything else guys we good we're great all right chris give us what for me me you what about you 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 can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook with both the Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page. Find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content, and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. Or follow this show specifically at Twebcast. Or you can follow us individually. I'm at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Evan is at Geekade underscore Evan. And Karen is at 
shoot underscore the underscore moon. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed here tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes or Stitcher, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. I feel like the Micro Machines guy right now. <laughs> anyway, again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new every single day. Back to you, Evan. Uh, thank you, Chris. Back to you. So you're, you're up next week, right? I am. It's your turn. It is my turn. What are we watching? I've decided to uh, to keep up with this uh, trend we've been rocking for the last couple of weeks of a modern quirky comedy. Uh, so I am going to suggest Other Space, Season 1, Episode 5, Troubles Brewing. Other Space. Okay. All right. <laughs> this is available on... Uh, Yahoo screen, which I assure you is a thing. <laughs> so I believe there's this and the most recent season of uh, Community, and that's pretty much all this network has. Um, but it's it's out there in the ether, uh, and you know, am I gonna we'll have to watch this on my computer? Later. I mean, I, there's an app for it on our yeah, Apple TV, okay. so pfft, it's a thing. <laughs> This is like uh, this. This service is like the uh, the clerk's convenience store of streaming services. Gotcha. I assure you, we are open. <laughs> All right, very good, guys. Thank you so much. Um, I, 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 why do I have have we spoken about other space before? I mentioned it on the show a good good while back. Okay. I talked about an episode of it or something. I feel like I, I may have tried to watch yeah. it. <laughs> I believe that uh, there's the, there's a connection to our, our episode for this week. Uh, the guy who plays the manager That's of right. the Aloha Tech Center in this episode <laughs> of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is a character on Other Space. So there you have it. Uh, it all comes full circle. All right. From all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. I'm not an adult. Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.